0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe.
1: This is the Art of Awesome episode
0: number 8. Stop letting other people dictate whether yes or no you can do something. Like you can do it. I don't care who you are. Black, white, orange, green, big, little, it doesn't matter. You can do it. You just might have to work a little harder than someone and once you get once you accept that that's okay, you're going to be okay. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of
1: Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. Each week, we dive deep into uncovering the difference between the average and the awesome. We talk with thought leaders, business moguls, health and fitness professionals, and world-class athletes as we look for the secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Today we have an incredible interview with real estate investor Felipe Mejia. Felipe talks about how he got into real estate, how anybody can really get into real estate, as well as how he is investing right now in the super hot market of Nashville, Tennessee. We kind of dive deep into his know why theory and how to push beyond obstacles that people would put in your way and limitations that someone else might set upon you. And it's just an incredible interview with tons of golden nuggets throughout the whole thing. Felipe is also a host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Rookie Podcast. So you guys are definitely going to want to check that out as well if you're interested in the whole real estate game. And yeah, it was just an amazing episode. You'll see definitely within the interview, I kind of butcher his name pretty early on, but it is an amazing interview with Felipe Mejia. So let's get to it. So today we have Felipe um, on the podcast with us. This is pretty awesome. Felipe, you're A host of one of the Bigger Pockets podcast shows. And for my listeners out there that don't know about Bigger Pockets, it's one of the largest online communities for real estate investing, um, kind of almost investing as a whole, I guess, uh, with the money podcast and everything like that. And if you haven't checked it out, definitely go over and check it out. There's tons of uh, value that they've got there with the forums, blogs, podcasts, books, pretty much anything that you're into, whether it's real estate or investing. So definitely check out bigger pockets if you haven't already um but but felipe fill us in a little bit on your uh real estate journey and kind of how you started into it because um yeah it's it's you almost kind of stumbled upon it a
0: little bit yeah nick thanks for having me on the show man super excited uh but first i'm going to put you on the spot i'm going to have you like try my last name uh to kind of get some of those jitters out of the way so you got to try my last name and we got to figure out where you're at bro
1: Okay, let, let me see if I've got this right. Felipe may may. Oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher this.
0: Terrible.
1: Terrible. Oh, one of my best friends is, uh, he's from Mexico, and, and I, I always claim that I'm good at Spanish, but I'm, like, really, really bad. Uh, Mejira. Me, me, Mejira. Mejia. Me, Mejia. Mejia. Oh, I totally should have got that. You Felipe totally Mejia. That.
0: That's okay. I, dude. I had teachers that did way worse in in school. So that's okay.
1: Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on, on my Spanish for sure. I got um one of those apps like to learn Spanish. And that was like something. Yeah, that was one of my things that I wanted to do uh, during this whole COVID thing. And let's just say I have the problem was I got way too addicted into real estate and started just like focusing any spare moment on real estate. And that's okay. Um my Spanish has been lacking, so I'll have to get back on that.
0: No worries, okay. Nick. So let me get back to your question, man, uh, regarding real estate and how I got started and how accidental and all that, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, growing up, um, I kind of grew up on construction sites outside of school. You know, my father laid, laid carpet and I'd go into new constructions. And I was always really intrigued as to how people can afford to buy or sell or build these gigantic homes, uh, here in Tennessee. And, and it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, you know, we're making 120 bucks a day. I could never in seven lifetimes afford this, so real estate was never even in my mind. Uh, growing up, education was really big, um, so the main thing for me was to get my bachelor's degree as quick as possible, you know, so I went through, went through that whole process, and my main goal was actually to give back to my community here in Nashville, uh, which is where I live, and I wanted to be a police officer. That was like my ultimate goal, like that's all I wanted to do. Um, you know, my, 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 my heart was I wanted to be a police officer, I thought I was gonna be cool, have a gun, authority, give back, the whole guy thing, right? I knew I wasn't going to do military, but I was like, I want to, you know, have that authority. And I was super excited and graduated high school or college in three years. I got a four-year bachelor degree in three years because I was just that determined to get into the police academy. And uh, honestly, that kind of falls back onto, I had a terrible, um, the college person that helps you through, she handed me a list and she was like, all right, just fill it out. However many hours you want to take. And there was six spots. And I was like, Oh, okay. I just fill it out all the way. So I filled it out every semester all the way down. So I was taking 21 hours with the classes, not knowing that you could take less, but, (laughs) uh, so she would sign off on it and I would be fine. Uh, anyway, so then I got into the police academy and that's kind of where, you know, my life kind of stopped three days into the police academy. Uh, I was told by the Sergeant there and I quote, you know, we have enough Latino police officers on the force. You can leave end quote. And I was like, oh that's just banter like that's the kind of racism i might get on the street so i get it like he's just trying to show me awesome came back the next day ready to rock and roll and um basically he was like no 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 no. like you have to get off the grounds or we're going to blacklist you from academy which basically means that we had to force you off the academy and then you can never reapply to be a police officer boom wow. crushed i mean my whole life that's what i wanted to do um From there, basically just teared up all the way home, tried to figure out what was going to happen, went back to construction, did some odd jobs here and there. But through that, in the background, I always had real estate. So when I graduated high school, my mom actually gave me a mobile home. Well, her half of a mobile home, and I had to purchase the other half. And with it came a tenant. Um, And honestly, man, from there, the rest is just history. I have some great stories sprinkled into there, but um, I really came into it like we said earlier, a little bit of a mistake, not really knowing that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but I saw the power in real estate through that, through a tenant, through uh, owning a property uh, at such a young age, and then just kind of going through that. And for your listeners out there, they're like, oh, well, if someone gave him a property. It was a nine thousand dollar mobile home. Like I'm not telling you that I someone gave me a house to start off. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't Donald Trump it and get a million dollar loan from my dad and was, you know, that's not how that happened. I got I got a nine thousand dollar mobile home and and I had to flip that into you know what the Lord has blessed me with now.
1: Wow. And so I hear all the time, and I mean, maybe you hear it as well, but that mobile homes aren't a great investment. So, like, can you kind of speak to that a little bit and like how you Obviously made it work and and kind of just explain what you did with the mobile home to obviously kind of build to where you are now
0: so to to answer that question, we have to go back to the definition between assets and liabilities, and basically it's what the the object is defined by how you use it so if I have you know a thousand dollar phone but I'm using it to generate me a thousand and one dollar a month, then it's now become an asset now it is it gets deeper than that, but that's just kind of, does it put money in your pocket or does it take money out? So a mobile home does not appreciate in value. If anything, it on, cons- consistently depreciates. But if you have a renter in there and your, your lot fee is $500 and your renter is paying you $800, then you are net positive 300 bucks, right? So I used my depreciating mobile home as an asset, not a liability. Which in turn made it to, you know, a, a positive in my portfolio.
1: No, that's awesome for sure. That's a little uh rich dad, poor dad insight <laughs> on us. Um if you haven't checked out that book, definitely well worth it for sure. Um, so have you did you continue on in with mobile homes? Did you like where was the transition then to to kind of just I guess
0: your the portfolio that you have now? Yeah, good question. So from there, what I did was I, I sold the mobile home for the down payment of a house. So I found out what the down payment of a house would be. It would be like ten grand back then. So I, I fixed the mobile home enough to sell it for 10000 and I used that money to buy my first single-family home. Now, I brought my tenant with me. I said, hey, do you want to tag along? And he was like, sure. And it's funny because I still have him today, uh, Victor the painter. I've basically made him famous by now but he's like followed me through and through. So he went with me to the next house and, uh, rented a room there. So the mortgage was 900 bucks and he paid 500 and I paid 400 and we split the bills. And then from there I had, a th- it was a three bedroom, two bath. So I rented the other room out as well. And eventually that became Airbnb and it's gone through a bunch of different cycles. Um, but, and then from there, so I got the down payment, had the house, uh, I think I had a blow up mattress or something. I can't even remember. I had this big, I had a, you know, 1800 square foot home and it was empty. Uh, so I started filling it up and, uh, renting, renting it. And then, uh, you know, from there, I kind of just kept growing. Um, same thing, figure out a way to get the down payment with a line of credit from the house or refinancing the house or saving up the money or whatever the case may be. But, but the bug was already there. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I got to grow this. And for your followers or your listeners, you know, it's not about the first one is the hardest because once you've gone through the whole process of doing what you're doing, it's just plugging and playing, right? It, it's four walls and a roof. Anyway, you flip it, you know, reverse it, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same. So you just get that first one, you go through that cycle, and then the rest is just numbers on paper. I mean, you just 10%, 20% down, and then you just keep growing your portfolio from there. There's nothing, there's nothing People say real estate is sexy. I don't see anything sexy about it, right? I, I graduated college with, a, with like a C, but no one sees that on my college degree. But even I can tell you that two plus two is always gonna be four. No matter what way you plug that, two plus two is four. It's the same thing in real estate. You get the down payment, you get the financing, you get the house, you rent it out, and then you show that to the bank that you've rented it out, that you don't have a mortgage, so it doesn't affect your debt to income, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. And, and you've done something that I think is really cool because you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but all of your investments are in Nashville, Tennessee, correct? Correct. So Nashville for anybody who doesn't know uh, is an extremely hot market. One of the you know hottest markets in the country. And it has been for, I don't know how many years, almost a decade, if not more. Um, sure. But it's really, you know, I hear all the time, it's really hard to invest in Nashville because it's just so hot, but You've you've hacked the system. So, I mean, you've done I, I guess what they call or what you guys call in bigger pockets house hacking. Um, but do you, I mean, you kind of just explained it a little bit. But do you want to dive just a little bit deeper into exactly what a house hack is and kind of how anybody can do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, to define the term house hack basically means that you live in one room and you rent out the other bedrooms. So that all started actually from my mom when my parents got divorced when I was eleven. Uh, in our culture, in the Latino culture, basically the, the man makes the money, the wife stays home and make, make makes the house. I mean, we have kids, whatever. My parents got divorced and with that went the money. Now, my mom got to keep the house, but not my dad's income, obviously. So what she did was she built out our two-car garage and our loft downstairs um, into three bedrooms with a bathroom. So she replaced the mortgage payment and our bills with that. Uh, She built it out with the last money she had. She rented it out per the bedroom. And what that did was, so when our parents got divorced, I always felt like the water was at my throat. You know, you you play in the water, I'm assuming, right, Nick?
1: Yeah, we're in the water all the time.
0: (laughs) So you know what it feels like to have that water at your throat. You might now be comfortable with the regular person. That's not a comfortable feeling. And when my parents got divorced... I don't ever, I don't want to downplay it, but we never felt like we were drowning, but we could feel the water at our throat. Like at any minute we could slip. And what real estate did for my, for my mom by renting out the bottom part of her house was the water maybe dropped, maybe right below our chest, belly button area. So we were like, okay, there's a little breathing room there. It's, 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 it's a little more mobile. And um, that felt good. Do not have a mortgage and bills to pay all of a sudden, you know McDonald's was okay to stop at. We could get a cheeseburger, you know mom didn't have to make dinner that night. she was tired uh, and I've basically uh, bought ten of those and have done that now. <laughs> I have ten of those rent ten of those houses like my mom's, where I build out the downstairs and um and yeah that, that's kind of where I'm at now that's awesome,
1: so your mom really like. Whether intentionally or not, pretty much taught you how to house
0: hack. Yeah, exactly. And during that time, I hated it. Uh, A lot of people don't know this, but I hated it. Like I hated uh, having people living with us. Like that was just weird, right? I was like, "Why are people living here?" And now it's funny. Now I live off of it. So that's awesome. Has has your mom at all like?
1: between her kind of starting with it and then obviously the success that you've built with it, has
0: she continued with that at all? Or? She hasn't done more. She's, uh, she's partnered with me on some deals.
1: Yeah. That's hundred percent.
0: Cool. Now she, like I said, she hasn't done any more on her own, but she's definitely partnered with me. That's awesome. Um,
1: and so you talk uh, a little bit on your interview with bigger pockets. And if you guys haven't, um, checked that out, go check it out. I think it's three, twenty nine three twenty nine. there we go. Um, but you have um, you've got this kind of thought process that you explain a little bit called the no why, uh, where it'd be no comma why. And so can you just kind of explain that a little bit and and kind of how that has helped with your success as well?
0: Absolutely. So that's an interesting concept. I mean, if if you're doing video for this, and any of your listeners can tell that I, i'm I'm Latino, uh, my skin is brown. And um, whether you believe it or not, or whether you care or not, it does make a difference. I was born and raised in the South. I love me some country music. I love me, you know. I love me good old USA, and I love my guns. But it doesn't take away that I am Mexican and I am brown, and I love my I I love, I love my heritage, and I love all of that. But when I walk into the bank, that is not the first thing people see. And uh, you know, I, I, I can tell the difference now. Um, where I have friends that, during Covid get loans and they're not employed. And I have, you know, I don't know, ten, twenty thousand dollars in cash flow, and I still sometimes have trouble getting loans. So, uh, and I've done a lot of research on that, and it's there, you know, back a little history lesson back in the day what banks would do to. Stop integration was not give loans to you know African American group or the Latino group so that they couldn't integrate into certain neighborhoods. So those laws are deep into the bank now. Whether they apply them or not is 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 going to be hard to prove. But it's uh it's pretty cut and dry when me and my friend both both go ask for a loan and he's not employed because of COVID and he's on he's just getting a check and you know I have cash flow and I get more drilled than him. So my no why came from where I would go to the bank. And little Betty Sue in the back would be like, well, no, we can't approve you for a loan. And I would take that no for a long time. And then one day I just turned around and said, why? Like, why not? And then they had to come up with an answer. So then I would go fix that answer. Your credit score is not high enough. Work on my credit. Come back three months later. Now why? Because that lady's not quitting her job. Oh, well, you don't make enough in your company. Okay, I'm going to go get a raise. Got a raise now why well and eventually the bank started running out of whys and i started getting loans wow you essentially took um i mean
1: somebody essentially being racist and and or or judgmental for no good reason and just almost like turned it around on them and just be like, well, explain why you're, you're not going to allow me to do that. And have you taken that and, you know, applied it elsewhere in life or is it? Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. I, I've started, I, I mean, that's in everything I do now and not in a disrespectful way. And in my heart of hearts, I want to believe that everyone is good, uh, knowing that that's not the true, but I want to act that way. So uh, I, I don't do it in a disrespectful way, but I'd like clarity. You know, why is it that I can't fill in the blank? So then, I just started working through that, and that's immensely helped me, uh, you know, be be successful. I have a business partner. His name is Diego Corzo. He's a DACA recipient, so his status in the United States is always gray, depending on what legislation decides to do tomorrow. Um, and he's got 14 rental properties spreaded across the United States, and like 10 of those are in the Smokies. Um, and he has shown me the power of persistency. You know, I don't have an excuse. As to why I, I can't get more rentals if he doesn't even have, you know, every, every month his status can change and he's been able to grind through it. So I have no excuse and I, I just don't use it as an excuse anymore. So now I have to find out why, like, why won't you loan to me because of this? And then I just go fix that. Why? So in life, I would tell your listeners to do the same thing. Why can't I start that business? Why can't I do this? And then, and then work on that, that, that answer and then go from there.
1: That's that's amazing, and obviously, like, you know, it, it can be applied to everything. And almost you can e- even use that, like, when you're dealing with the own your own negativity. Because I, I find myself even just like, you know, personally getting into real estate and and stuff like that. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing or whatever. and It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, why can't I do this? Why can't I learn this? Why can't I um, figure it out? And so, yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that that's a great concept that. Anybody can implement and you can use it in anything in life to whether it's, you know, battling your own self doubt or whether it's battling, um, you know, racism, you know, in your daily life or or whatever it could be. And it's sad to think that, you know, that stuff still exists. But at the same point, um, when you come up with a, a thought process like that and you're just like, I'm not going to have anything um, you know, get in my way of achieving my own goals. I mean, essentially your possibilities are endless.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I, I I mentor a couple people regarding real estate and that's the biggest thing that i tell them. I'm like, just getting a no is okay. Not getting a reason for the no is not okay. Like we even build that into my son. So like when we tell him, no, we explain why like we don't just tell him, no, you can't have that. It's like, no, you can't have that because it's hot. So, you know what I'm saying? So we want him to grow up with the reasoning for the no. No, oh, that's Does awesome. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, explain I- it to my, to my child. Like this is why it's not, Oh, I'm your dad. So it's going to be this way because it's that way. It's like, well, I mean, th- that's fine sometimes. Right. I don't want him to run out in the middle of the street. Like, no, don't run in the middle of the street. I'll explain why later. Let's go. <laughs> you know, but, But, but if, as much as we can, we do explain to him why, because we want him to expect a reason.
1: That's perfect. And it definitely, uh, I mean, it's a great parenting tip for sure too. Cause I I mean, I see that when I was, you know, earlier on in my, in my parenting. So for everybody, you know, listening or, or for you, I've got two kids. Uh, my son just turned seven and my daughter will be four in September. Um, but earlier on i was thinking like oh i'm going to be you know the best dad ever i'm i'm not i'm never going to say like no you can't do this or whatever which quickly i learned like oh no i do need to say no sometimes but i i agree that i think if you just explain it why you can't do something um then it makes it a lot easier and it you know the kids can understand instead of just either being negative or just being so lenient that you let everything slide yeah. um so, what, uh, just to kind of get back on the, the real estate bandwagon a little bit, what do you think is uh, the best advice that you would have for someone who wants to get into real estate, but doesn't know quite how to start or where yeah, to start? For sure.
0: Um, I would write down my goal, my, my, my individual selfish, selfish personal goal that affects people, but more than anything, it has to positively affect what i want write that down get that down to a sentence or two really work on it because you want to build the backbone of everything on that so really figure out what's your goal well my goal is to pay off all the medical bills that i have okay so then your play is probably cash flow i want to have a million dollars net worth then you're probably going for an equity play in real estate and you don't always get both so really figure out your why you're doing it like answer yourself, look yourself in the mirror. And this has to be selfish. I know that's like a strong word, but it has to be selfish because if you're doing it for someone else, you're going to, you might not fail. I don't know. I guess you could do your kids or something. But if you do it for yourself and you know that it's going to positively affect also the people around you, then you're doing it for the right reason. So what's your selfish goal? Why do you want to really do, why do you really want to do this? Is it for the Ferrari or, or like, what is the real reason? Answer that question, write that down, plaque it, staple it somewhere, whatever. And then from there is uh, identify your weaknesses and your strengths and don't worry about your weaknesses, worry about your strengths and super max those like get really good at what you're good at. Because if you work on your weaknesses, you're only going to tr- maybe get them as good as halfway of your, as, as what you're good at. And then you've just wasted a bunch of time. What I do is I leverage my weaknesses to a partner. My buddy Diego is really good at Excel sheets and all this other fun jazz that I eight sitting in front of a computer, but he's not good at business and sales like I am. So we partnered together, we're making a bunch of money. So I would say that focus on your strengths or no, sorry, get your goal, focus on your strengths, and then read every single book you can regarding real estate as you're saving up for that first down payment.
1: That's awesome. Uh, What what do you think are some of the top books that have helped you or that you would uh, encourage someone getting into it to read?
0: Sure. So can't talk real estate without rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And then from there, um, the, my favorite book is called life in air. And basically it's, uh, it does have a, a faith kind of background, but basically it's about, uh, you know, identifying your goal and how money isn't the goal. Money is the Avenue towards that goal, or it's the fastest way to reach that goal. Um, I'm also a big believer in money does by happiness. It's really, I know people don't like to say that, but there's a book that talks about this. I'll get you the title for your show notes but basically it's money buys me happiness because money affects everything that makes me happy. My son and my wife make me happy and they're not going to eat love. They're going to eat probably Chick-fil-A if it's not Sunday. (laughs) Right? So, so it makes me happy to see them happy. And without money, I can't do that. Let's get, let's get a little crazy here. My son, something happens to him and he's in the hospital. My son's probably going to get treated before those who have a less net worth than me because I can afford that is it ugly? Sure. Should it be that way? No. Is it that way? Yes. So money, I don't have a love of money, but I understand the power of money. And again, that came from working on the construction site and seeing the rich guys come in and being able to say this, this, and this, flip the property, make my five-year salary in, 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 nine, in, in, in three months and spend the rest of the year with their family. So money does bring you happiness in that I use it to affect what makes me happy, which is my family, my faith, uh, things like that. I can't remember the book. I'll get you the book for your show notes. I'm so sorry, I can't remember. Um, Another book that I would read is Tax-Free Wealth by Thomas Wheelwright. It's a great book. Uh, There's no point in making a million dollars if you got to pay half of that in back to Uncle Sam. So you got to figure out how to keep as much money as you can, not illegally, but obviously within the confines of the tax code which is super boring, but the book is really, really good. Um, why the Rich are Getting Richer. And I could go on and on and on because I love to read.
1: No, that's, that's awesome. I, I also love to read and especially um, real estate, you know, investing. It's, it's, I feel like I've been addicted. I've gone down the rabbit hole in the last couple of years for sure. Um, but yeah, it really comes down to that, like what you were saying, almost figuring out that why, why you want to do anything in life. Uh, and once you have that why, everything else gets... Pretty crystal clear, and um, for me, like when I was younger, money had zero importance in my life. Like I would just, you know, give it away, or it just it wasn't anything. But then once I had kids and a family, instantly, you know, having security for my family became something for me that was like super important. So I think it really just all comes down to that why, and and also just being aware that that why might uh, evolve as you, you know, as, as life goes on and it might change versus what it was 10 years ago.
0: Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it's, I always think that like, I'm a big believer in debt and I'm a huge, like not believer in Dave Ramsey. (laughs) Um, and that's sometimes hard to accept, but as real estate has shown me, um, you know, not owning, but controlling, like in real estate and nick this goes for you too i know you're learning about this but uh, you know it's not about how much you own it's about how much you control right because you own your money but who controls your money who tells you how much it's worth right so you can just follow that rabbit trail as far as you want like and then you can get to the conspiracy guys and that's just weird but but definitely you own your money but someone controls your money so it's the same thing with literally everything you own your iPhone, but someone controls it, I promise. The same thing with your houses. I don't own my houses. I control the real estate.
1: It makes total sense. Um, yeah, being able to, to control the assets for sure. I've got just a couple, a couple last questions for you. Thanks so yeah. much for, for your time. For um, if you could go back in time to whenever you started, what would be one piece of, of advice that you would give yourself uh, just when you were starting
0: out? Probably stop looking at excuses as to why you can't do something and start figuring out the why <laughs> so like stop stop trying to stop using your being Mexican as an excuse, stop letting other people dictate whether yes or no you can do something like you can do it I don't care who you are black, white, orange, green, big, little doesn't matter. you can do it, you just might have to work a little harder than someone and once you get once you accept that that's okay, you're going to be okay. Like I have to work a little harder than some of my friends to buy real estate and that's okay. And once I got past that, that's fine. That's awesome. Um, so you, you've achieved,
1: you know, great success already in your life and in real estate investing. Uh, where do
0: you see yourself going from here? Um, you know, honestly, right now I, I have a two and a half year old at home and I sometimes can't see past dinner. (laughs) I know you're at four. So you've, I think you've got, is that, is that where parents say they've gotten over the hump the four after that? Is that when it gets a little bit easier or no, no,
1: no, we've got two. One of them is four, but we've only got two kids. No, no, I I would I've got one for each hand. That's it.
0: (laughs) So dude, so I don't know. Sometimes I can't see past dinner because it's like, all right, can I get past this day with my son? He's a handful. Um, but man, honestly, if you're asking me what I see myself in real estate, I see continuing to grow. I love to teach real estate. Uh, a lot of people think that I have a passion and love for real estate. I have a passion and love for teaching real estate. Um, real estate's easy to do. I think uh, I, I like to empower others to do it. So if I can continue to do that, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I I genuinely get a tingly feeling inside when one of like my mentees like buys a house. I'm like, you have no idea the generational wealth you've just created for your family and, 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 and you sacrificed six months to, to pay for like 30 years worth of, of, of amazingness for your family that you have no idea what you just tapped into. So I, I, I generally have a passion for it.
1: That's awesome. And if you guys are interested in real estate, uh, I know I've kind of already said it uh, earlier on, but definitely check out Felipe's podcast, uh, Bigger Pockets. Rookie podcast. There's all sorts of great information. It comes out weekly on Wednesday, I'm pretty certain. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, So I've got uh, one final question here for you, Felipe. And what is your definition
0: of awesome? What is my definition of awesome? Wow. Well, uh, caught me off guard there. Let's see. My definition of awesome would be. I mean, right now for me, it's my life. Like living living the life that you've wanted and not having that dream anymore. I know that sounds weird, but like I always dreamed of financial independence and I always dreamed of driving what I want. And I always dreamed of my wife and my kid and, and, and I've reached that and that's awesome. Now it took years of sacrifice, but waking up to doing what you want. I mean, do, okay, I'm not like, Jeff Bezos or anything like that. I don't have millions in the bank, nothing like that, but I have my time back and dude, that's awesome.
1: No, that is awesome for sure. I, uh, financial freedom is definitely, you know, a goal of many people, including myself. And it it really comes down to that. It's not that you need, you know, millions in the bank. It's for me anyway, it's waking up and one, doing what you love to do and um, essentially just being able to, to pay for, or just continue the life that you want to live.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's, it's awesome to do what I want when I want.
1: That's cool. Felipe, thank you so very much for coming on with us today. And definitely, you know, you shared tons of little golden nuggets in there for us and for our listeners. Um, where's the best way for people to connect with you?
0: Yeah, sure. My Instagram, Felipe Mejia, R-E-I. That's Felipe, M-E-J-I-A-R-E-I on IG. Best place.
1: And I'm going to say your, your name one more time just to see if I, Felipe Mejia. Um, oh. Yeah, my my buddy Rafa is going to laugh at me and he's probably going to call me for butchering your name earlier on in the episode. And I'm, I'm so sorry for that. But yeah, thank you again so much for coming on um, and talking real estate with us. Very much appreciate all your knowledge. And for everybody out there, please go check out uh, Felipe on the Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast. Uh, I guarantee you will learn so much more. And yeah, that'll be it. We're going to wrap up. So thanks again. And I wish you all to go out and have an awesome day. Cheers.